My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said there in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Some years ago, I remember going out to dinner with my mom and dad on a Saturday night right after Mass. And in a quick move, I grabbed a check from the waiter to pay for the meal. And while my mom was very touched by the gesture, my father was kind of reserved about it. He said, thank you, but I could tell he wasn't thrilled about it. And when we got home later and mom was in the other room, he brought it up again and said, I shouldn't do it again. Not that he wasn't grateful for it, but I couldn't quite tell if he thought as a priest I couldn't afford to do something like that for my parents or if it was just an Italian pride thing, which I remembered similar fights over the check going on between my grandfather and my father. And in the typical father-son dialogue or debate, which being Italian, of course, got louder and louder, I know I got more dramatic saying, how do I get in trouble for taking my parents out to dinner? And at that point, my mom came in and told my father to stop it and to leave me alone, so obviously I won that battle. That memory came to mind, though, when I read that first reading tonight. On this last Sunday of Advent, we heard from the Old Testament, the second book of Samuel. And this book tells some of the history of the people of Israel. This particular episode is about a thousand years before the birth of Christ, focusing on King David and his reign. And in this passage, 
King David is being sincere and genuine and grateful as he speaks to Nathan the prophet. His reign had really officially begun now as they had finally entered into Jerusalem. And they had brought the Ark of the Covenant with them. Yes, the same Ark that Indiana Jones was looking for in that original film. Indiana Jones is not real. What is real, though, was that Ark, which was the holiest of holy things for the Jewish people. God had given Moses directions on exactly how that Ark was to be built and handled and what it would contain. It was a physical representation of the presence of God which had contained the two stone tablets on which God had written the Ten Commandments, the rod of Aaron, a symbol of his priesthood, and a pot of some manna, that heavenly bread that God had rained down to feed his people when they had been in the wilderness. So this was the holiest of holy things for the Jewish people. King David had joyfully and ecstatically led that ark, that presence of God, into Jerusalem. And that's where we pick up with tonight's reading. He recognizes in all humility all that the Lord God has done for him. Enemies vanquished. His faithfulness been rewarded. And now he's at peace in a palace. So King David wants to return the favor. He wants to do something in return. His, his heart's in the right place, thinking if I have such a house, The Lord God deserves one too. Something special for us to keep this ark in. And the prophet Nathan initially says, sounds like a great idea. And then God has a conversation with Nathan, which felt first like my dad not fully appreciating my gesture of picking up the check. But what is the Lord saying to David? David, you can't pay me back by building me a house. I'm paraphrasing here, but God's basically saying, not for nothing, son, you couldn't even if you wanted to. I'm the creator of all creation. I don't think David imagined this kind of response, but there's something beautiful in this exchange between God and David, between a father and a son. Because when you boil it all down, what can you do? What can you get? What do you give the God who has everything, who is everything. There's only one thing God wants and doesn't have, and that's our heart. And that's what he's saying to David. He says to David, be faithful, be obedient, listen to my word, follow my commands. And he lays out all these abundant promises that would be fulfilled when he does. Spoiler alert, he won't. David will struggle. He will fail in this regard. So this isn't going to happen in his lifetime. And that's why the story is paired with this beautiful and familiar story of the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Centuries later, through a descendant of David, will be the fulfillment of God's promises. It's also a perfect opportunity to go all Catholic nerd for a minute and point out This is why we call Mary the Ark of the New Covenant. In her womb contains the heavenly bread, not manna from the desert, but Jesus, the living bread that's come down from heaven. The word of God not written on stone tablets, but Jesus, the word become flesh. 
and not a, a rod or a symbol of the priesthood of Aaron, but Jesus, the great high priest. And this gospel hits this incredible climax where the entire history of all creation and God himself waits for Mary's yes. God wants to save humanity, but not without humanity's cooperation. God wants to save humanity using the most beautiful and most complicated of means, that human heart. And these last remaining days were actually, at this point, hours until we jump into the, the beautiful festivities of Christmas, where gift-giving between family and friends will become the focus of much of our celebrations. Maybe we can keep coming back to that question of what do we give God who has everything? Even though we know the answer, we oftentimes want to give him something else, something easier. Look, God, I came to Mass on Christmas Eve Eve. Merry Christmas, God. I only had a $20 bill in the wallet, and I still gave it in the collection. Happy birthday, Jesus. When my mother-in-law and my son-in-law said something or did something stupid, I didn't say something back. I didn't even roll my eyes. Those are all nice, and I'm sure God appreciates all of those things. But those things are a lot further down that list and not exactly what he's been asking for. It took me a, a long time to appreciate, sadly, probably not till after he had passed away, that that back and forth over paying for a bill wasn't that my dad's ego was being hurt or that he felt I couldn't afford to do it. It was that for my dad, his taking his son out to dinner was a way of his continuing to take care of his son, just like he had done throughout my life. Especially as a grown man and now as a priest, there weren't a lot of ways that he could still be a dad like that, like he had been for, for all, my whole life. And that was just one of his things. All he wanted was for me to be the best son and to be the best father as a priest that I could in return. That's what made him proud. That was the only gift he really wanted. For David and for all of us, there's only one thing, the God who has everything who doesn't have and desperately wants. How do we give him our hearts in the way that he desires, in a way that he deserves? Thankfully, we have our Blessed Mother Mary's example as a witness in the guide. She had to have been prayerfully attentive to the Lord even before this gospel encounter. She's not frightened by the sight of the angel. She's more in wonder and awe at all that she's hearing and what's being said to her. And whatever thoughts of self or her plans, whatever fears of inadequacy, they all fade as she hears God's request. And she humbly says, yes, yes, you can have my heart, you can have my womb, you can have my entire existence is yours. That's hard. And that's probably why we f might find ourselves acting and relating more to David than, than to Mary more times than not. But each time we remain faithful and we, we come back, back to trying to be obedient, every time we even ask that question, how do I give God who has everything the thing he wants the most and sincerely give him our heart, our love? In his mercy, he meets us in our loneliness. He shows us how nothing is impossible. 
that he too is glorified as a proud father who sees us trying to be his best sons and daughters that we can be. He sees us giving him our hearts, the only gift he really wants.